<laughs> then I'll wait. I have time. You've got to be done by 9 o'clock, that's all. Stop me. I'll be done before. 14 guys coming from Indian. I'll be done beforehand. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to part one of a part something series. More than, more than, it be more than part four, four parts. All right, the, way, the reason why this happened is because there was a request from someone will not be named unless they want to name themselves, <laughs> to learn practical halacha um, in, a, in a very, very practical way. So when I initially agreed to do this, I thought, okay, we can talk about making tuna fish on Shabbos. I can go through all the halachas and get it all done in one shir. When I finished this, I realized we can break down making tuna fish on Shabbos to at least three shiurim, <laughs> try to keep it at three shiurim, I have the source sheets up here. Uh, try to keep it to three shiurim. So what's going to happen is as, as follows. We're going to discuss one aspect, one of the potential issues with making tuna fish on Shabbos. At the very end of this year, maybe we'll even turn the recorder off for this so that people don't cheat for next time. I'm going to quickly let you know about the two other issues and how to circumvent them or work with them, just so you know so that you can apply that in your practical life. And then at some point after we finish the series, right, next week's going to be about making tea. Probably something similar is going to happen. The following week is about um, a guide to the prayer book, a guide to the sitter. And the week after that's going to be about making, um, making salad on Shabbos. Uh, sorry, making salad during the week. And after that, we're going to reschedule to, make, to follow up and finish the other issues, assuming that there's a want, a need. All I need is two people. And I already know I have one committed, so myself. Okay. That being the case, okay, one more thing. This is, this, the format for this is going to be a little different than my regular shiur. Um, it's going to be very based in text, reading a lot. Please interrupt me and talk. It's, um, when I, I envisioned it, it's not necessarily... Normally when I make a shiur, I can try to think about how, I can, how everyone can get something. People like a little more intellectual, people like a little more you know, emotional. This is going to be very much straight halacha. Straight halacha, and the, again, because the point is, very practical how to get to the bottom line, psakalacha, about making or whatever we are covering. All right. Fine. Um, okay. So, making tuna and chops. What are the issues? What potentially are the pitfalls? What are the problems? Right? We already know. We're not going to give the background. There are 39 malachas of Shabbos. 39 things you cannot do with many, many uh, toldos, many things that beyond the actual... 39, but the, uh, derivatives of those 39 that are forbidden from doing on Shabbos. Therefore, when we are in the Shabbos kitchen, we need to navigate certain issues. We need to navigate, navigate certain potential serious issues that may arise. Right? We all know you can't cook on Shabbos. Yet, we'll discuss next week, somehow you can make tea. Tea is raw material going into hot water. That water is being cooked. Seemingly, there's, a, there's, a, there's, something, there's, something going, there's something wrong there. That's a problem with Bishel. Yet, there is a way to do it. Making tuna has the same potential issues. And I highlighted three of those issues. One, two, and three, top of the source sheet. Uh, number one is, someone want to read it out? Opening the can of tuna. Thank you, Stan. I knew you'd be the first to volunteer, by the way. <laughs> All right, number two is mixing the mayonnaise, and number three is cutting up the vegetables or grinding pepper, if you like putting pepper in your, in your tuna fish. Right? Those three are three potential issues. Two, the latter two, as in mixing the mayonnaise and cutting up the vegetables, are, are very clear-cut. When you mix mayonnaise, what essentially you're doing is you're taking, you're taking a solid and it's somewhat a liquid, you're mixing it together, very reminiscent of what we call lush kneading, one, what, which is one of the malafas you're not allowed to knead, building bread, very simple, this is similar to that clear cut. Cutting up vegetables, also, we'll, we'll talk about it more in uh, some other time in a future week, but what essentially are you doing? Tochen. Tochen, exactly. You're taking a big, a big item and you're breaking it down to very small parts, reminiscent of, of, of tochen, of when you take uh, wheat and you grind it up and make flour. Again, the way the, the uh, lochas of Shabbos are structured are it's all structured, um, the first... So get the number right. Uh, first 12. First 12, I believe, or 11, are called suras apas, and those are things that are done in order to make bread. At least one opinion. So, grinding and also and lush. The problem is opening the can. What is the potential issue of opening a can of tuna? 
So I listed three. One is Bona, building. We'll discuss that. Two is Sosa, destroying. A little more intuitive, right? You're destroying a can. And number three is Makebipatish, which is the most ambiguous of all the malachos. It's the most unclear what exactly is Makebipatish. Literally what it means is the hammer, the hammer blow. The way, the final hammer blow, the, the completion of any malacha is Makebipatish. It's very ambiguous. It's very unclear. We're not going to really discuss it because I don't totally, totally understand it. Because it would see, you would think if it means the final hammer blow, meaning when you complete an item, that means any malacha should have a makapatish component to it. You do sosu, the final grind, makapatish. So it's a little unclear what makapatish is, but that also does discuss as well creating a final product. Yes, Inbar. Is, would all of these be rendered null if you have a full tab can of tuna? Good. So if you look at source number, little footnote number one, we are discussing a can of tuna. For those who have not seen a can of tuna, I don't know what country you're living in. But it looks like this. Not to be confused with a can of Pepsi or Coke. I'm not getting involved in that battle, which is better. Two totally different things. Lefiani has died, in my humble opinion, there's a, there's a way to open this. In my humble opinion, the only way to open this is if you take a knife and you stab it in the side and pour out all the liquid, and then you have other issues of potentially getting injured, so don't do it. Big problem, I would not open this in Shabbos. The whole discussion tonight is about this. All right, this is a... Without the pull tab. Without the pull... Well, there's some with the pull tab. No, some tuna, some tuna has pull tab. Okay. Just like the same thing. Same thing. As we say in Yiddish, Zelbazaf. <laughs> that was for you. Okay. So what's going on here? It seems to be. What's going on here? Anyone want to get a stab at it? Not at the can. A stab. What exactly... Why do, where's this Bona, where's this building, where's the Sosa, where's destroying, what's going on here, why do you think it would be a problem? Creating a cleat. Creating a cleat. What is a cleat? A vessel. A cleat is a vessel. We'll leave it at that. The best definition I have for a cleat is a cleat. <laughs> it means a vessel. It's something to hold something. Well, we're creating a cleat. How are you creating a cleat? When you open the can. It's now a vessel. Okay. Is the vessel when it's closed? It's still a vessel. It's still holding stuff. But it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't, a vessel. But it wasn't a usable vessel. Or maybe Das is going to say it was usable. It's usable to hold your tuna or sardines. The post can talk about sardines because that's what everyone opened back then. Does anyone here like sardines? You're, you're opening it to eat it. I, I figured it might fall that way. It makes good sardine salad. Actually. Okay. So, okay. So that would be so sir, perhaps. Uh, what, what do you say, Charles? You're opening it to eat it. You're opening it to eat it. That's correct. You're opening it to eat it. But what would be the issue? So here's... Let's assume it's Bona or Sosa, right? Now, here is the very perplexing and quite puzzling Gemara, and it's as follows. This is a Gemara in Beit Sandaf 22a, Chav Beis Ahmed Aleph. I just chose there, but I really could have pulled this Gemara out of multiple places in Shas, including other places in Beit itself. Beishamai Savri. Beishamai, we've heard of Beishamai, right? Beishamai, the great Beishamai, they say, Yesh Binyan Bekalim. One is able, or there is, a concept of building with kalim on Shabbos. Meaning, if one were to build or fashion a vessel on Shabbos, they are now liable and are over the prohibition of building on Shabbos. Doesn't that also apply intent? With Shabbos, there's always intent. That's the assumption here. So what are you driving at? Well, you, well when, when you say you're a camp too, your, your intent is to create a vessel. It's, Okay, we'll get there, but maybe. Yeah, but if we don't get there, remind me at the end. Aren't you taking the tuna, the purpose of opening is to take the tuna out of there. You're not going to make the tuna salad in the can. There's no room. We'll get there as well, Stan. <laughs> we'll get there as well, and you are arguing with the Chaznish. Not a good place to be. But you have, you, there are a lot of people on your side. We have mutual respect. But again, Beishamai says, on Shabbos, there's a concept called building with Kalim. Ubeis Hillel Savri, Ein Binyan de Kalim, the Ein Stira de Kalim. There is no building with Caleb, no steer with Caleb. There's no such thing as building a clean, no such thing as building a vessel, and no destroying a vessel. Okay, what does that mean? What is the problem? What are we facing right now? We understand what that means. On Shabbos, you may not, you cannot, you better not build a clean. And Basil is like, no, no, no problem. When the Torah said, build on, don't, thou shall not build on Shabbos, by the way, the Torah never says that. But had the Torah, when the Torah implies those should not build on Shabbos, 
Don't build on Shabbos the way you built in the base in, in the mikdash. I.e., don't erect a structure, a kli, a little thing. That's not a structure. That's a kli, not a problem. What's the problem here? Who do we paskin like? Hillel. Hillel. Meaning what? This should be an open and shut case. If we paskin like base Hillel, if base Hillel tells us ain binyan, the ain stira bekalim, there is no building and no destroying when it comes to kalim. Uh, meaning, when the Torah tells us one cannot build on Shabbos and one may not destroy on Shabbos, it's only talking about a building, a structure. A large structure. A large structure. So then, open and shut case. Can you open your tuna can on Shabbos? Yeah. Absolutely, because a tuna can is a cleat. It's a vessel. But what about taking something? One minute. Like... Yes, we had a question back there. What if it's like an industrial-sized can? <laughs> ah, beautiful. Are you ready for this? Okay. Comes along the hey, look at Tosis. Tosis we know, right? We've just, we've met met Tosis. Tosis is like lost on the side of the Gemara, and Tosis is like, I have a problem. Are you ready for this problem? The Gemara in Shabbos. I'm we're actually going to skip now, only because you sidetrack me. So this is the problem when I get sidetracked. I have ADD. I end, I end up all over the place. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us that if you have a barrel and in the barrel is your lunch, you may break the barrel to get your lunch. Okay, why? Ain binyan ve'ain steer b'kalim. There's no building and no destroying when it comes to kalim. You good? Okay. Ain binyan. The Gemara, however, elsewhere talks about as follows. We all know the concept of an Erev, right? The Erev is that pretty much invisible line that causes anti-Semitism for some reason. <laughs> we don't know why. Part of an Erev, beyond just the physical, the physical structure, is also an agreement among everyone that we are essentially living in one place. And the way we do that is by sharing a communal meal. If you look right there, there's a couple boxes of matzah. Those matzahs are, the, are basically symbolic of all, everyone in Linden. Anche Chesed, Anche Kassin, whatever they call themselves. We all are essentially living in one house. Because we have one shared meal, and therefore, and therefore, we what's it called? We're, we can live together, and that, that allows us to have the the eruv. Here's the problem: the Gemara Eruv tells us what happens if someone's eruv is locked away in a migdal in a closet. It says the Gemara, your eruv is null and void. Why? You can't get into your closet because you can't destroy the closet. You can not destroy a closet. So sir on Shabbos. Now that you can't access your closet. You can't access the matzah. So now you can't. Now you can't. Uh, you don't have an eruv anymore. So Tosfos wants to know as follows. How is it I can destroy a box or a barrel to get my lunch, but I can't destroy the closet, I can't destroy a, a, a larger closet to get the Eruv? Therefore, Tosfos concludes that in a third Gemara, where the Gemara says if you take a shovel and you take the handle of the shovel and you put it together, binyan on Shabbos. Says Tosfos, it must be when we say ain binyan, they didn't steer by Shabbos. When we say there's no building with a vessel on Shabbos, we don't really mean that. What Beis Hillel meant was when you have something that's very weak. I don't know, you have, he says, a menorah shechulias. Like you're, when you have your menorah, and you, it's like not really stuck in there, but it's like kind of put in there. Like the, the lamps and the thing. That we mean, we mean, that's what we mean. Our lunchbox that we have, our barrel, he says, it's mustaki. It's a bunch of pieces of wood stuck together with a little putty. It's easy. It's going to fall apart easily. But if it was, if it was nailed together, you can't break that. That's stero. Ain being b'kshabes, ain't stero b'kshabes. The kalim is only on mustaki. It's only on things that aren't built strongly. If it's built strongly, we're in trouble. Therefore, the difference between the barrel and the closet, the barrel which has the lunch, the closet which has the air, is the closet. It's a real closet. Can't break that down. The barrel, it's mustaki, he says. It's, 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 it's very weak. It's putty holding it together, and therefore you're allowed to open that. That's the position of Tosfos. Rashi disagrees, and Rashi consistently throughout Shas. In fact, if you look at my, the Mary Macomas here, this is um, all I wrote was consistently like Basilo. Rashi always Paskins ain binyan the ain steer bekalim literally means when it comes to a kli, there is no such thing as building, no such thing as destroying. We're, you're jumping. You're jumping very far. We're, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna stay off that for clarity's sake. Okay. Also, also if the if the if the uh, Arabs in the closet, 
if you start to break down the closet, you, you're destroying part of the structure. So we're talking about a, it's a, a movable closet. You go to Home Depot, you get stuff on a moor of some sort, a movable structure. But now that's where we get there. Again, this is just, this is just because you sidetracked me a little bit, but it's a little long <laughs> before we get back to the uh, halacha l'maysel. So here's the thing. Rashi consistently takes Beis Hillel at face value. You cannot build. There is no prohibition to build or destroy a vessel. Tosva says no, not at all. Not at all. There is a prohibition. You cannot build or, just, or destroy a keli. And when the Gemara says you're allowed to destroy a keli, it just means a very weak keli. It means something that's mustiki. It's not really put together. It's not strong. I know, a plastic bag. But something that's nice and hard, a can, you're in trouble. A side note, if that's true, so what does Rashi do with the migdal? You're thinking that, right? No, I'm, I, I'm not liking it. What are you not liking? <laughs> because the presumption is a barrel, right? Yeah. Rashi was a vintner. So he knew from barrels, barrels like wine casks, discussed this in a couple weeks because Rashi in the Sunday morning here. Um, Professor Salavejic went to Twa, which is where Rashi legend lived and tested the soil and did a historical analysis of the soil and said not soil that can support grapes. Hmm. Thinks it's a myth. Okay, that, 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 that's really far afield. So, what's, what's Rashi going to do with the Gemara? The Gemara is very clear. It says one cannot break the Migdal. So then he says something like Stan says we're talking about such a big structure, such a big closet that's already considered karka. That's ground. Okay. Let's back, back to our story. Beishamai Beishillah. Beishamai says one is not allowed to build or destroy a kli. Beishillah says, no, 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 no. You may. Comes along Rashi and says, literally, you can build and destroy a kli. There may be other issues that may come up, but literally, you can build and destroy a kli. And Tosfos is like, no. Tosfos says it's always a case of mustiki. Mustiki meaning when it's very weak. When it's not a barrel that was there for longevity. It's just something that's it's, it's short term. It's put together. You take putty, you put some wood together, you slap it together. A plastic bag. Barring that, a real can seemingly would be binion or stero. Would be building or destroying, and thus one cannot open it. I'm not saying conceptually the difference whether it's sturdy or not. What difference does that make? If it's, if it's containing something, what difference does it make whether it's sturdy or not sturdy? Well, I guess the question would be if you... The difference between if I were to take a, go, to, go to a wood shop and take nails and a hammer and build a, uh, and build a piece of a nice crate, or I go to my kid Legos and put together a Lego crate. We're both, one's going to be called building, one you're going to say I'm playing around toys. Even if at the end of the day I put apples in both of them. <coughs> hmm. yeah, I'm not sure conceptually I understand the difference. It's, it functionally, it's the same. It's not about the function, it's about what, what are you doing here. If I were to give you a crate full of, uh, uh, a Lego crate full of apples, you're not going to tell me I built a crate, you're going to say I did a cute thing. It's not, it's not building. If I were to take a piece of wood and a hammer and nails and put together a crate, that's building. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to build. Tosvis is going to tell you what's the definition of building. Building is building something that's going to last. If it's not going to last... But that, but that brings me to my thought, is that the can is meant to be opened and not reused again. Like it's not meant to last. So hold that thought. We're going to get to that. We're going to get that. But then again, one can make the following argument, just to play devil's advocate for a minute. If I were to take, make something really, really sturdy that I intended on blowing up a day later, if I were to build a building and then intend to blow it up, that's building... Your... I'm taking metal and I'm welding it shut. But was it designed to be blown up or was it designed to be as strong as a can so that you can test how strong it is when a, you blow a up? A can is meant to, 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 these cans are meant to last a very long time. Uh, you cannot keep cans for very long. If you ever collect Coke bottles, you always see they collect the glass bottles. Why? Because the, 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 the cans, actually the Coke eats through them after a couple of years. A couple of years. A couple of years. It's significant. So that's significant. So, so where is this permanence? That's what doesn't matter. I think, I think, I think we all know. I think we all know what the permanence is. We all know a can is sturdy and stable, and then, you know, we've all been there. I assume we've all been there. We've been somewhere I, I, looking all over for a can opener. We don't have it. We're not opening that can. And yes, if you're a Boy Scout, you go online, you can find some guy who does it on YouTube. You try it yourself. It probably won't work. But we've all been there. A can's not opening unless you have a can opener. 
A can is not open unless you have a can opener. Okay, you can also ride over it with your car. And if it's sardines, it won't taste any worse. Okay. Okay. Um, fine. How do we paskin lachal This is going to be very important. How do we paskin? What's the psak of the Shulchan Aruch? See the Shulchan Aruch, this is 314. This is Shin Yudalid. Ain Binyan, the steer of There is no such thing as a source number. It's on the second page, I believe. I don't have an actual source number on it. Ain Binyan, the steer of There is no building and destroying with Caleb. All right, so far, that's what Basil says. The Hani Mili, Sheinu Binyan Mamish. It's not Binyan. What's Mamish? Anyone want to just translate that? For real. For real. It's not a real building. All right, when I went to Boy Scout camp, and I put my, built a wilderness survival shelter. That was not mamish. That thing came down when I sneezed. So, so building a pillow fort with the cushions on the couch isn't a real, really building. Correct. There may be other issues. We're not going to get there. I'm not going to ask her fun right now. Behind the in a binyan mamish, kagon chovius like a barrel. And the barrel he's referring to is Tosfos's barrel that again was built mustaki. Hagos says the Ramah Ramosha Isherlis, the Ashkenazic psak. Sha'ino Mechzekes Arba'am Sah. He adds in a, a barrel that doesn't hold 40 Sah. What's significant about 40 Sah? It is a mikvah. What's, what else is significant about it? What do you think 40 Sah does, does to a barrel? Makes it a. Makes it a binion, right. It's, it's Stan's point. When, what's, the, what's going to be the point where you say this is no longer a kli, no longer a vessel? Now it's, okay, maybe it's movable, but ultimately it's. It's now it's a structure. So what's the difference between a silo and a can? What's the difference between a silo and a can? Says the Ramah, based on Iran, forty sa. It can hold forty sa. Um, then he says, Nishbara uh, Veniva. Do, do we know what the equivalent of that would be in ounces or gallons? In gallons, I should know this because I just filled the mikvah. <laughs> no, no, because I'm just curious. Uh, I should know. It, it, I should know this. Oh, okay. It's. Uh, I should know this, and I don't. Sense. But we're talking about a couple hundred gallons, I believe. Oh, okay. So, so that's a think, that's a sizable that fleet. That. I, I believe. If we're talking about yeah, big. I, I don't remember. Don't, but big, much but bigger than our barrels are going to hold all that. Room. Correct. Fine. Um, maybe not a couple hundred. Uh, enough. Okay, fine. You just proven. I did. If I never yafal, show me the kakma. Shvesocho vashlo yitavol nek of yafal. Then he adds in something very important. He says, and when you do decide to break open this barrel, even though this barrel is mustaki, it's not very strong, make sure you don't make, and he's, here's the word Makavin, so this is a, on Elliot's point, a Pesach Yafa, a nice opening. When you make a nice opening, now you're taking something that had no opening, you're making an opening, you're, you're completing it. You're, taking, you're making this a jug now. You're making, so that, that's where the Makavatish may come in. Um, you can't have only a in mana, because you're completing it and making it a final opening. Um, Think about a milk carton, where you know the old ones, you had to pull open the two tabs and you had mm -hmm. the milk come out, or orange juice. FYI, whenever I did that, I ended up ripping the whole thing and milk went everywhere. <laughs> I don't know how it was done. I'm glad they don't do those anymore. The only thing worse than that was the Israeli plastic bags full of chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, terrible. It's really terrible. Okay. First of all, you go by four, you time you come home, one of them leaked everywhere, and you don't realize until the next day, you know, you're just, okay, we're not going to. Okay. Then he says, If it's actually complete, you can't build it. I feel You can look at the translation, but essentially he says what we think. He, what he says is, he's posking like Tosfos. You can open and close, you can make and destroy a Kli as long as it's not a full fledged Kli. But if it's a real Kli, you're making something strong, you're making you're, it's something that's a Kli that's very, very strong. Then you have, you're in trouble. You're not allowed. To, you can't open. You can't make it. You can't destroy it. This is the psak of the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, like Tosfos, the Gra, of Elijah Kramer, of Yahu from Vilna, the Heliga Gra, who was one of the most independent thinkers to live in the last a thousand years. He disregards the Shulchan Aruch. He disregards Tosfos. He goes, "What do you mean?" The Gemara says, "Ain't been steal the Kalim." What are you coming along and claiming? You know, almost like Erica's point. Like that's what it says. Kach psak the Gra. He says, Says the Gra, like Rashi, and any time we get into the discussion about building and destroying with a clay, with a vessel, we're only going to talk about the Rabbanans, at most. 
The Aruch HaShulchan says based off this gra. This is something to put in your pocket to know. Therefore, because the gra says this, even though we reject it, and we paskin, you can destroy a kli. You're sorry, excuse me, you're not allowed to destroy a kli. You're not allowed to build a kli. But because this gra exists, if you see someone on Shabbos who is building or destroying a kli, you don't need to stop them because they always have the gra to rely on. Meaning, don't do it yourself, but don't yell at someone who is doing it. So if you want to throw your rock, reserve it for someone doing something else. I don't know, not getting vaccinated, whatever it may be. Okay. Quick, quick question. Yeah. I, I think it's related. There's big gallons of water that we have, we put out on Shabbos to drink the water. When you unscrew that plastic cap, you're breaking a seal of some kind because okay. the plastic so, goes all the way down and that's how it's uh, secure. And once so you snap that, isn't that the same thing as opening the can? I purposely not want to get into opening <laughs> cans because that would take us too far afield. And when I initially planned this, I thought we'd be covering three more malachas, which we're not, but that, that could be another time. But yeah, we're going to discuss solely cans. We're talking yeah, about tuna I mean, fish. Is it, is it really in the same? But let's just say there is what to rely on. Um, and when I say what to rely on, not just bidiyeb. Most many wonderful Jews open and rebaim open up those bottles. The metal ones may be a little different. Okay. What makes it a little different? What do you say? Why don't we pass in? Well, it Texas. Texas is a pretty heavy hitters. Texas rashing the ground. Like why don't? I this we show from the I'm trying to remember now offhand. If what the other Rishonim say, you have to look at the base Yosef to see who else Paskins like Tosfos. I don't remember offhand. Uh, I don't remember offhand. But Tosfos does, again, what Tosfos is going to do is go throughout Shas. In any case where he seems to think otherwise, he's going to give a reason why he's still correct or they are still correct. Okay, but let's just do a quick review. Bishan Basilo, can you build or can you destroy a Kli on Shabbos? Bishan says, you're, allow you're not allowed to. Basilo says, you can. Comes to us and says, when Hillel said that, they only meant by something that's very mustiki, it's very weak. But a real clay, not allowed to destroy, and that's the way Shulchan Aruch Paskins. Therefore, that brings us to the contemporary can. And when I said can, just again, for those who have not seen a can, this is what a can looks like. For those, this is not the can we're talking about. But why not? It's the same metal tab. No, because then, Pesach Yafa. Remember, you're opening up, you're making a very nice opening. You're a prefab, it's your... And then you're not taking off the whole top. What he was saying about the... Um, the full tab. The full tab, but they're already perforated somewhat so that it does put, they create a... Um, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that's going to be as well. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Okay, so what, where does it leave with the tuna cans? What, what, how do we pass it? So there are three, ma three main approaches. There's the Tehillah Ladavid, who I never heard of until I saw a quote in this discussion, but everyone quotes him. The Chaznish and Ramosha Feinstein. All right? So I brought the Chaznish so you can all see him. So there's Shlomo Zalman, we're going to get him in the end, but he's actually the one who quotes Tehillah Ladavid. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to go in that order, Shlomo Zalman quoted the Tehillah Ladavid, the Chaznish, and Ramosha Feinstein. A little bit about these three people. Ramosha Feinstein, exactly. If, in every base message in the world, there's a Ramosha Feinstein, which is it's unbelievable to think about and to recognize. Here's someone who, you know, literally lived a couple of years ago. We spoke with him again. We spoke with him on Sunday, right? We spoke with Ramosha Feinstein. Mm -hmm. So Ramosha Feinstein, what he says, you know, you have to contend with him. As I, point, I point out this Sunday, there was a sheer given in YU called Ramosha as halachic adversaries by Rabbi Arya Leibowitz. Rabbi Leibowitz pointed out, he realized... Every halacha shir is Rav Moshe and his halachic adversaries because every halacha shir is going to invariably quote Rav Moshe Feinstein. Even if you, if you reject him, you need to quote him. He is the, he's the, the go-to guy. Chaznish is not much different. You're going to notice that. We're going to quote the Chaznish a lot. Again, two different people. Lower East Side, B'nai Brak. Both obviously were from Europe. B'nai Brak. He's the, arguably the founder of B'nai Brak, although he was a very interesting person himself. If you want to know about him, Chaim Grada, the Yiddishist, Yiddish writer, he wrote a book called Hayeshiva, where the, one of the main characters in the book is actually based around the Chaznish, because Chaim Grada was a Ben Baez. He lived by the Chaznish for a number of years, and although they went two totally different ways, he had very, very fond memories of him and, wrote, and he wrote him into the book. So the Chaznish, and another thing about the Chaznish is he was just so smart. He was so smart. You read him sometimes, you're like, this religion's unbelievable. It's just so deep, and the, the way you can think that much. I'm going to emotion you that too. And lastly is the Shemir Shabbat Hilchoso. The Shemir Shabbat Hilchoso was written by Reb Naivorth. I think I pronounce it. 
He passed away a couple years ago. The interesting story about him was I didn't actually realize until last week. It was a little controversial when it came out. This is one of the first, I guess, uh, easy go-to books, pre-art scroll about like just he's, he collected all the psukim and all the halacha, just put it down there. People got upset. Um, Rabbi Dov Beshevkin did a whole podcast about the controversy surrounding it, but Rabbi Neuvirth, he escaped, he was in Amsterdam during the war, and he spent, I think it was two years, stuck in an attic, where he couldn't even move around the entire attic because there was a window. And he writes in the introduction, all he had was, I believe, a Gemara Yevamos, and a Mishnah Brura Chelek Gimel, which is all the Hilfah Shabbos. So for two years, he just sat learning these two. And then when he finally was able to make it out, he had a, a passage on a ship that was on Shabbos. <laughs> and he basically said, of course, you have to take it to Nefesh, but he made a promise to himself that one day he's going to do something to give it back, give back to Hashem basically, and say, you know, I had a Michal Shabbos after I spent two years learning Shabbos, I'm going to do something to bring Shabbos to more Jews. So that's the Shmir Shabbos. His primary Rebbe was Rishlom Azam and Orbach. Right? One of the three biggest halachas in the last generation are these three. And therefore, Shlom Azam gets most of the uh, press in this book. Okay, so those are the three. What do they say? Number one is the Tehillah Ladovit. If you look in source number, again, not, 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 not mentioned. Sort, not, um, but it's on page. You can move it out of the page. You see the Tehillah Ladovit? Top of the page? Yeah, top of the page. There's a black box on the side. I put that there because I didn't know how to get rid of it. Okay. <laughs> the Yod Seilonim Adivrei HaMogan Avram. He says it emerges from the mug and Avram, which we did not see because we cannot see everything, otherwise, we would never get anywhere. So, apparently, that means it can. I Googled it. And sardinolin, sardinolin is some food I would never touch. <laughs> they are total, complete, full halim. If you drop it off a balcony, it will probably get a little dent, and that's about it. Oser leftochom b'shabbos. You cannot open them on Shabbos. After neima sheikar asias hapali lechu kadeshi yigmur b'sochem asardi lim. Someone here said this, or more than one person said this. Even though the main function of the can is to hold and only protect and hold and serve the sardines, even though mikol makom kevin shen kelim demur because they're a full and complete kli. Don't give me this. Oh, it's only there for the sardines. It's a full-fledged cleat. It's strong. It's a cleat. And therefore, if you open it, you are over the orisa. A, the orisa, a Torah prohibition of stira, of breaking what is a cleat. Azoizok, as we say, the tehillah ladavid. Okay. That is the t- opinion number one. You cannot open a cleat because you are destroying, and there is very little work around from that. We don't postulate the Tehillah Ladovit. Comes along the Chaznish. Again, I told you the Chaznish. He says something else. This is uh, Chaznish. It says 5111. Here. Khan. He says there's no stira. You're not destroying this cleat. Why? She'en kan sozer klau. And this is what he says. This addresses uh, Das's point and, and Inbar's point. If you have a cleat that's sealed shut in such a way that you can't access the inside without a, a tool, so at that point, just look at it as a piece of metal. Oh, it happens to be there's sardines or tuna or chickpeas, whatever it may be inside. If you can't access it without tools, it's just a piece of metal. It's reverted back essentially to a piece of metal. And it's no longer a cleat. And therefore, he wants to... He, he, he contends, So when you take your can opener now, when you cut away, you cut away the, the metal, or if you have the fancy new can openers, you apply pressure, which forces it off. So essentially what you're doing is you're taking a piece of metal and opening it up, and now there's a nice opening. You've just made a clean. You've made a vessel. And we possibly toast those, right? Or Shokhanar said, you have a, it's a nice strong vessel, and therefore it should be an iser, an iser. And he says as follows, and maybe some of the people in this room who are a year or two older than me, <laughs> who are, may remember this from many years ago, and he says as follows, <laughs> He says, the problem is, if you want to just throw it away, so one can argue, 
okay, you haven't done anything. But he goes, listen again, this is maybe in B'nai Brock in the 1930s during the poverty, or maybe we all had parents or grandparents ourselves who have done this. So many people are thinking about that camp. And what are they saying? They want to keep their nails in there. I don't know, you took B'nai Brock in the 1940s, dirt poor. I'll tell you, in the 1940s, when my, when my grandparents, in 1951, I believe, 50, my great-grandparents and grandparents got a visa to go to Palestine. Well, it was, then it was Israel. No, I take it back. So that was Palestine. It was, it was 40, 47. In 47, they got visas to go to Israel. And my great-great-uncle went first, and he wrote back and said, don't come. There's no food. There's poverty. Everyone's famished. There's poverty, and war is going to break out. And because of that, they stayed in Europe, in the DP camps, for another three years to 51. Hmm. So... Think what Chazdish is writing. He's like, we have nothing. You're taking that can, you're reusing it. You're using it for your, you know, the yardside candles. Anyone know, anyone do this? They take the yardside candles, they use it the whole things after. So it says the Chazdish, it's not just like, oh, you're taking and throwing it out. You're taking it and you're going to reuse it. And there, sir, is it. Vizimna, and sometimes, again, maybe you're not going to finish all the sardines. So what are you going to do? You take your can with the sardines. Don't tell my mother you did this because she'll yell at me. I'll get some sort of poisoning. You put it back in the fridge till, you're, till, ne- till the next time. But you're happy now. You've just built a clay. You have your kavana. You're building a clay. You're using it. You're utilizing the clay. Um, uh, and if you skip down a line, the last word of line is hacha. It's as if you opened it. You created an opening. So then he says as follows. And maybe one can even say, this doesn't seem as confident about, but maybe one can even say, you would want to throw it out right away, but what, where's the line between saying, you just built something, even though you just threw it away, as we said it, versus saying, oh, because I'm throwing it away, therefore it's not as if I built something, right? Where do you draw the line between, again, saying, I built something, but I'm going to throw it away, so it's as if I didn't build it, versus I built something just because I want to throw it away. doesn't nullify or negate the fact I built it. But it's not, it's not, it doesn't make it that you didn't build it if you, if you throw it away. It means you didn't intentionally build it. You didn't open the can to build a can. You wanted but maybe you, you ended up with a full-fledged can, and the food's inside it, so the chazan is just, again, he's a little unclear about this. That's what you do with it afterwards. Say it again? That's what you do with it after you open it. So if you're just opening it to eat it, and then you put it in a dish, this is incidental. It's not really like you're intending to build a food. Right, but the chazan again is saying is, where do you draw the line between saying, I built a clean, and now I'm throwing it away, but I built a clay versus because I plan on throwing it away, it's as if I didn't. The purpose wasn't to build a clean. But at the end of the day, you have a nice full clean in front of you. It's going to last a long time. You're not using it as a clay. So? You didn't intend to build a clay, you're not using it as a clay, you put it in a clay. Which is maybe why it's specific, yeah. So if you're someone who never used a tuna can for something, can you say that you don't think of it even as a clay, would it be different than someone who does? I think yes, but he, I think that's what he's trying to address that. He's like, I still, he still seems a little like, even though maybe one can say, then that you have a clean. But yeah, I, enough and I'm ready to get there. We're to get there. We have still have time. Of course, we have time. We always have time. Fine. And therefore, we'll, that's basically that's basically the chazdish. Chazdish essentially says, you're you're building a clear a piece of metal. It's a piece of metal. Enoch and There's chickpeas inside or sardines inside. You probably did not eat chickpeas. Oh, he's really, I guess maybe I don't know. But uh, they're inside. Um, but. Now you've opened up, you've essentially created a clay. So when Tila David, you destroyed it, he said you open it. Comes along with Moshe Feinstein. Moshe Feinstein. He actually says something very brilliant. And I didn't have to bring this whole piece, it's a long piece. And he says, he has a proof for this. But he says, Nim Saladino. And again, this is based on, it's a long tshuva. He says, it says, Anav Yudits, this is a part ten already. Shilo Hakans. Or Moshe loved doing this. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's actually annoying and sometimes it's cute. <laughs> He would write the English in Hebrew. So there are times you're like, I know that word, get it. you get a dictionary, you the Hebrew dictionary. Oh, cans. Yeah, exactly. Nimsa ha cans is again on that page. The tivos ha spartanim, the chen sukkar, uchiagavna, shar okul 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 okul
dressing all the opening anything, opening any can, or more than a can. I'll get background. He says as follows. If you have an item, and the sole reason that this was created was to protect what was going inside. The only reason this can is here is to protect the tuna fish. One can argue it's no different than the peel of an egg. Yeah, he's going to disagree with the chaznish. Give me a second. He's going to disagree with the chaznish. And he's going to say as follows. If you have something that the only reason why you have it is for that item, it's like the peel of an egg or the, peel or the, or the, uh, the shell of a nut. And therefore, it's not a kli. It's not a kli. This is what he says. And he goes on to say that if you want to keep it, so then you're in a little funny territory. Because then perhaps you're making it a kli. But just to open up a can, you're just, it's as if you're peeling the egg, you're, peeling the, you're cracking open the nut. Side note, this next thing is brilliant. He, t- he then uses it as follows. Again, if you have any... Yeah, j- I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh. What's the difference between turning the top off Tearing the top of a jar in terms of what? With a piece of paper on top? Issue with how you open it, what you have left well, so he's going to, he thinks all of that, but then again, I think the difference is going to be how, how stuck is it? If it's a, you have, you have a can, it's a, literally a piece of metal. You can't do anything with it unless you have a can opener. A jar. Yeah. So why is that different? Because it can, it's, it's really stuck on there. You need a, you need a can of... It was already made before... And that's not work on screwing the top? No. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's like a door. Open and close the door at house. No, why can you open... Why are you allowed to open and close the door in your house? It's the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Wait. Okay, fine. Let's just take, take this back. Take it back. Okay, ready? We're not talking about opening the can. That's, a, that's another parsha. Yeah. So, would it depend on if I plan to save the tuna fish can this time or if I've ever done it in general? So it's, no, it's this time. It's on each time. But Ramosh is going to tell us as follows. When a can is no different than a shell or no different than a, uh, no different than a shell. And therefore he says, this is, a, this is a fascinating point. When you decide then that you want to use the tuna can, so who's made the clay? That's when you're making it the clay. Beforehand, it's just, okay, you cracked open the nut. It's just shells. When you open the can of tuna, the can is just, it's a shell to the tuna. It's, 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 it's almost like it's, it's tuna itself. If you now say, actually, I want to use it, the Chazid was saying, that's the moment where you're creating a kli. And by the way, Moshe does this, lishitaso, in Yoradea. We say as follows. A kli that a non-Jew makes needs tefillah in the mikvah. Right? If a non-Jew makes a kli, you need to bring it to the mikvah. Says Ramosha Feinstein, what about a Snapple bottle? Nanju made it. How are you going to tovel in the mikvah? Says Ramosha, well, the whole reason we have a snapple bottle is to hold the snapple. So it's buckled to the snapple. It's as if it's snapple. It's, a, it's, a, it's the shell. And therefore, it doesn't need tefillah. And if you, want to re- if you want to reuse it, so who's making it a clay? You are. And you're a Jew. So it doesn't need tefillah. But he doesn't, he doesn't differentiate between an eggshell and a, and a shell of a nut. From a, a metal can. No, those are natural. That's the way it comes. So That's he not somebody thinks made the shell and poured something into so it. So he says over here. Um, ba, 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 ba. Um, he says as follows. Where is this? There's a can is man-made. The shell is not. He says, did I not put it in here? He, he has a luxury. He says, my no, my high. If it's natural or not natural. He says it. He says it straight up. He doesn't care if it's natural. By the way, part of his proof is so not he doesn't him. differentiate. He does not differentiate. Yeah, but you can never use a shell as a clay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but his point is, but again, his point is, he's reframing it. Don't look at this as a piece of metal. This is a piece of tuna. It just happens to be really hard and it tastes like metal. <laughs> Meaning it's not, it's butto. It's, it's nullified to the tuna because the whole purpose of it is to serve the tuna. That's his point. Is it a clay? If you take it, if I show you a piece of thing, what is it? Yeah, we know it's a clay. But his point is that Hilchah Shabbos maybe... The way we look at this, this is just bucked to the clay. And then he says as follows. The Cholze Medina. 
This is all according to the strict halacha. Yes, Harry. What is the definition of a clean? Is there something that's going to contain? You came late. <laughs> no, we did address I'm it. Sorry. I, I said it's it, it's 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 going to be hard to define. Um, and it seems that one can you could say that that's part of what's going on here is they're trying to argue what a kli is. For Moshe is like something that just because something contains something, it's really hard. If it's made for another purpose, then it's bottle, it's not considered clean. The Chaz is like, no, it's a clean. But that's I think it's a larger debate we're not gonna get into. Coconut. When you want to drink the liquid, there's three little holes at the top. You put like a screwdriver or something in one of the holes to make it wider, and then you can just pour the liquid out. It would that be a nice opening of Petafia? You're taking me far afield. <laughs> yes. Um so I Somebody opening both sides of the Okay, we'll get there in a minute. We'll get there in a minute. This is a remote. Okay, remote, we love remote Shabbat, right? We said the deal of Dave, we weren't, we, we leave him aside. The Chaznish, we can't ignore, but he's, again, how many of us are actually storing things in our camp? So we're kind of left with remote, but remote says as follows After all said and done, the Cholz and Medina, this is all according to the strict halacha. Avla Maisa, Ain Lahatir. The push comes to shove, Lamaisa. We should not permit this. Because there are not a lot of people who know Torah. We live in a generation where people don't know. And in a place that people who do not know the halacha, we should not be makel because it's gonna, people are going to get confused. People don't know different. They say, oh, what's the difference between opening a can and, I don't know, playing in my wood shop and making a little figurine or whatever it may be. So we do the privacy of your own home and your common chacham and so forth. Maybe, maybe not. That, 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 that. <laughs> there's, there's is a case in a law, we say, a law of Morin that the promise you can do it. And there are times when we say, and I don't know the Gemara here, if it's what it's going to, uh, what it's driving at. You know, we don't do it because, because, you know, it's it creates the total Abiran. This is what he says. I believe, by the way, he wrote this tshuva when he was in Europe, um, in Russia. He goes, where we live now, where it's very, where it's very open, where people really don't know the halacha, we're not keeping the halacha. Don't open a, a beget, a, a canvas a sack, or one of niar, cans, don't break the can, etc. Af. Don't cut the rope holding the sack together. Even if you say, what's in this can? It's going to be things that will lead to me giving me a uh, Onik Shabbos. I have uh, sardines, I guess. Or I, let's just say whatever it may be. By having this, it's going to enhance my Shabbos, right? Kavad Shabbos. We all, we're all into Kavad Shabbos. Onik Shabbos, really. We love Onik Shabbos. Says Ramosha Feinstein. The Kosha came with Ramosha Ain Vansar Shabbos. Sometimes refraining from doing things, even though you're not going to get your covered Shabbos or your owning Shabbos because you cannot access the food, that's the greatest covered Shabbos because you're trying to prevent Shilol Shabbos. The greatest covered Shabbos is saying, I'm not going to do something because the people around me are not going to know the difference. And therefore, Moshe seems to say, yes, maybe technically you can open the can because the can is just bucked out to the food, but don't do it. Where does that leave us now? So now we're in a funny place. We still aren't opening our can. Don't worry. Comes along the Shemir Shabbos Gilgasaf. And he says as follows. And we'll finish this up. Yes. And this is, I think, the standard way that most people paskin, but we'll see. There are those who like to open it, for Moshe Feinstein. Uh, cans you're not going to use one time you scan you can open them so, uh, so he says as follows this is what Ramosha really is Ramosha says I look clear elsewhere there are those as long as you're not going to reuse the can you can open them you open it in a way that's not going to make a Pesach Yafa. So in a can, don't open the full top. Don't take the whole thing off, take it off and bend it back a little bit. It's not a nice opening. According to those opinions, Shalom al Yisrael, you're good. Levinia's Daiti, totally good. You're good to do that. So Moshe Feinstein, really, that's what he says. And I believe you want to walk away now and say, I'm going to open a can, I'm not going to totally open it all the way. You're in a good place. As long as you don't reuse it, 
You know, you spill the contents out, you're done. Um, but if you say, no, I want to reuse the can, no one says you can open that. Then you're in big trouble. Yeah. Wait, I mean, what else would you reuse it for? You might, you might take the metal and melt it down. That's different. Or, or, or put the Hanukkah yeah. candle in it. No, that's a clean. Wait, so, that's wait, wait, give me one second. Let's just, I want to finish this. Finish this. The Gan Ladas Asurim, even those who say it's Asur, says the Shmir Shabbos Kehilchaso, in Nekivas Akusa, Okora Esasakio, Ovas Akusa, Ovas Achavila, but Sida, Obatachta, Over Lipsichaso, Kach, Shlotia, Ode. Says as follows. If you take your can and you puncture it underneath it, and then you open the top, you can't say you built anything there. You've just destroyed your clean. And therefore, the Shmir Shabbos wants to say, then according to even those who say it's usher to open a clean, because you're building a clean, well, now you've just destroyed your clean. Or well, you've destroyed it. It's not, we reject what we rejected here, of it. Now you've not open the cleave, not made a nice cleave, and therefore it's totally mutter. So you have two approaches right now, the Shmir Shabbos. Either rely on the Mechilim and open it, don't make a nice opening, or as Allison said, puncture the bottom or the side, and then, or low down on the side, and then you have not made a cleave. How, how soon after you have to puncture the bottom of the side? So Nisan and the kind of says, because of that, he's not happy with all this, but I think, do it soon, shortly after. Do it soon after. Um, do it soon after. And that's the way... The Shmir Shabbos Paskin. And if you look one more, one more source, and then we'll then we'll open up for questions. And this is probably just a good, a good, a good, a good aid. So we want to keep Shabbos to the best, to the maximum. The way you keep Shabbos to the maximum is you prepare for Shabbos, right? Actually, Kavod Shabbos is not according to the Rambam. Doesn't take place on Shabbos. It's before Shabbos. It's getting ready for Shabbos. It's lighting the candles. It's taking a bath. It's or, or shower or setting the table. That's Kavod Shabbos. Part of Kavod Shabbos is. Before Shabbos, saying, what do I need to do to prepare for Shabbos? L'chathila, this is the last source, even the chon, it's correct, it's proper. L'chathili ba'od yom is called ha-michilim ha-his-chumim. Shabbos-chulasim yorti l'shamish Shabbos b'yadif. M'chazai kufsu v'karatim sh'ein mashke, kufsu shmorim, etc., etc. It's best, before Shabbos, if you know you're going to need the sardines, so open it before Shabbos. Pour it into a plastic bag. Avoid all these issues. It enhanced our Shmir Shabbos. It teaches the people around us that we're thinking about Shabbos ahead of time. Not that we're relying on a kula. But again, it's being proactive. It's we want to increase and enhance our Shabbos. And keeping Shabbos starts on Erev Shabbos, as, as Rabbi Soloveitchik always said. In America, we have Shomer Shabbos Jews. We don't have Erev Shabbos Jews. <laughs> we don't have Erev Shabbos Jews. It's about coming to Shabbos Benachas. It's about also preparing for Shabbos. So the Shmir Shabbos therefore says... Think ahead of time, Chachamein Barosha. In summary, and then I'll open up. In summary, Ramoshi, look, I even have it written down there. I always hated when my teachers did this. I hope the teachers do it here. If you do it, I'm sorry. When they would give out like, the rules to the class, and they proceed to read it and add nothing. And like, I'd finish it already. But I'm going to do it right now. We can rely on Ramoshi to open the can and discard it immediately. Again, better to not totally rip the top off. It is better to be stringent when possible and not open the can in a perfect way so there's no nice opening. And there's room to adopt the stringency of the Shmir Shabbos of destroying the can, and then it won't be considered bona like the Chazan Ish. Yeah, okay. We can open now for questions, and then I'm quickly going to run through Tochen and Lush.